Colleagues, uh, it's Karen Tate, and uh, this is Voices of the Sacred Feminine Radio on Blog Talk. And uh, I am so happy to be with uh, you today on this special uh, Saturday sh- Sunday show, the special weekend show. And um, uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, some much-needed information. Uh, you know, opening the show uh, these days, I often use uh, that snippet, Time to Awaken, uh, because we certainly do. Um, there's so much going on in the world. There's so many people asleep. There's so many people who aren't uh, awakened or woke, uh, as they say these days. And um, my guest today, uh, Emmanuel Etier, uh, documentary and film producer, uh, he's dedicated the last years of his life to trying to uh, awaken people. And, uh, it, you know, having this interview today could not be more relevant uh, because of the information he's been gathering and trying to disseminate to, um, you know, awaken the world uh, so that we might evolve uh, to become the best versions of ourselves we can be. So anyway, uh, today we're going to be talking about the Oneness Collection, uh, you know, documentaries for an awakened humanity. And um, I'm so glad to have Emmanuel Atier back on the show. It's uh, been a while. Uh, he's not been with me uh, since we discussed them, uh, Women Healing the World, which was another one of his films, which I was fortunate enough to have a little glimpse uh, in, uh, talking about the value of the sacred feminine, uh, you know, as part of how we heal the world. Uh, but today we'll discuss uh, his oneness collection of films, uh, five films he's made in the last decade, uh, in an attempt to uplift and educate uh, a humanity struggle to evolve, as, as I mentioned. Uh, his latest film uh, is titled Guns, Bombs, and War, A Love Story, and that'll be the focus of our discussion. Um, and, you know, we'll talk a bit about what he's learned from visionaries and uh, wisdom keepers around the globe, uh, you know, and uh, ask him to share uh, what he's gleaned from them, uh, you know, needs to be done to awaken humanity and move us forward. Uh, but I want to tell you a little bit about him first uh, before we jump in because uh, his bio uh, is certainly, uh, you know, impressive and worth knowing. So you get a sense of uh, his gravitas, uh, you know, before we start the interview. Um, he is an experienced feature film producer. He's directed several pictures uh, before completing in 2012 the peace documentary titled The Invocation, which was narrated by Sharon Stone and starred Desmond Tutu, the Dalai Lama, Deepak Chopra, uh, as well as many uh, worldwide peace activists. And uh, 2013, uh, he executive produced a drama filmed in Hong Kong uh, called The Red Passage, 
which won many awards in, on the festival circuit. He's also been a successful music and film journalist for both rock magazines, French TV networks, various websites for the last 25 years. Uh, he's been a buyer for many French and American film uh, distribution companies for two decades. Uh, he was on the board of directors of the Santa Barbara Film Festival for a decade. He writes poetry. Definitely a Renaissance man. Uh, you know, when I think of Emmanuel, because I've met him often, we've talked a lot, you know, I think of him as uh, the version of what uh, men can evolve into, you know, beyond this uh, warrior, you know, predator class. Uh, so many still. Um, find themselves to uh, emulate. Uh, he's been involved with charities and the uh, in the political world. Uh, uh, he he has a seat on the board of directors of Darfur Women Action Group. Uh, you know, which was an attempt to bring peace to Darfur. Uh, he's the founding president of the Rotary E-Club of World Peace. He's part of the UN Association uh, Santa Barbara chapter. Uh, he joined the World Council of Wisdom to bring peace to the world. Um, and finally, uh, he's a recipient of the 2018 Global Citizen Award from the prestigious United Nations Association, uh, and he was named President of the Year in 2018 by the Rotary E-Club of World Peace. Um, and uh, in 2020, the impactful and timely six documentary uh, directed by Emmanuel uh, is released this year, as I mentioned before, called Guns, Bombs, and War, A Love Story. So, Emmanuel, welcome back to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. It is so nice to hear your voice again. Well, thank you so much, Karen. It's so nice to hear your voice, and that's uh, the key thing. It's We have to hear each other's voice to wake up each other's soul. So I'm, I'm so glad we're having this morning this uh, inspiring, I hope, conversation. Well, you know, never did we need it more, that's for sure, uh, when we see, the, uh, you know, so much ugliness, um, you know, around the world. You know, myself, I uh, don't think I realized how much ugliness actually existed in the United States, uh, you know, in, until, you know, we've seen it, you know, uh, so widespread these last few years. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it just goes to show you uh, how important your work is. And I guess I want to ask you, Emmanuel, you know, how did you escape the trap, um, you know, so many men find themselves in? I, I mean, I know we're going to talk about your films, but you're the, you know, you're the driving force behind them. You know, it's from your mind these, um, you know, there was the vision for these films, and then you manifested them out in the world. You know, what was different about you that made you the man you are rather than, you know, the men we see join in militias and, uh, you know, not caring if people live or die in the pandemic. I mean, have you thought about that? You know, how? why yeah. are you different? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think we are the result of a combination of several factors. Obviously, we don't choose to be born in that family or that family, in that uh, country or that country. So there is, the, there is the, the, the draw of the luck or bad luck uh, from the get-go. And then obviously, as you grow as an individual, you're going to be formatted, manipulated, 
mentally manipulated. So I was always lucky to be raised in a very open-minded family, which never imposed any sense of religion, politics, race. So I was very lucky at an early age not to be boxed in. And that's when it starts. I think uh, we see it, especially with little boys. By age four, they are given a toy gun and told, go ahead and have some fun. One has to explain me how a little boy starting to play with gun at age four is not going to eventually evolve into a killer. Uh, unless you have parents like us, because we, we don't forbid toy guns in our house, but we explain guns are made to kill. And so as long as you're clear and you educate your kids, hopefully they can realize, okay, well, there's a time to... But kind of sick fantasy anyway of playing with guns but that's part of being a little boy and then you grow up realizing oh okay now i have to drop my weapon because if i keep that weapon in my hand well now it's a real gun and now i'm doing a real killing so i was lucky about not being boxed in and then obviously after that luck uh, I worked with myself, and I keep working with myself. I'm far away of being a perfect man. Not that I believe perfection does exist in this world, but we can try to always evolve, as you said, and always better ourselves. So that takes a lot of practice and work. And, and I've been, again, very lucky that I got somewhat the inspiration within to start this uh, during this last decade, this amazing uh, collection of five humanitarian-driven documentary, and each one uh, brought me a lot of awakening, a lot of uh, liberation of my mind, because I've been exposed to amazing soul and mind, like like yourself. You, you're part, you're part of my education, Karen. <laughs> so, but you know, also <laughs> the other people you mentioned, like Sharon Stone, Deepak Chopra. I, I think that's a key to remember. A, a Karen Tate is as important as the Dalai Lama or Deepak Chopra and vice versa. We are all complementary geniuses and, and we awaken each other, mind and soul, all the time. And that's why more than ever, we need each other to rebuild a real, united, um, genuine, functioning, uh, self-sufficient uh, world. Because if we look at our world today, Sure, like you said, there is ugliness and there is sadness and there is division and there are extremists of, in, in every side, left, right, up, down. So, yes, but this is a minority. I've been traveling the world for the last uh, over a decade, all over the world. These movies were shot from you know, India to, to Africa to Europe to the U.S. to Latin America. So, and, and everywhere... I see, yeah, 10%, 20% of bad seeds. But the good seeds that we, the people, are, we are the majority. The only problem is we are not into a synergy with each other. We are not into a re-evolution of united hand and, and mind and soul. So we, we are not as active as the, the bad seeds. The bad seeds unite very easily and create chaos and disruption. And that's what we see, you know, even here in the U.S., you know, the, the bad seed, it's, it's a minority. It's probably a third of American. Well, so that means we are two-thirds of, of free soul who wants to make it work, who wants to avoid the, the, the traps of division and disruption. 
So we need more than ever to unite or unite our force and, and, and be a force that's going to bring the change we want to see in the world. Agreed, Does that answer your agreed. question? Uh, it, it, well, yeah, yeah, it did. It did, and I, and it, it went a little bit further, which was so appropriate, and, uh, and I appreciate uh, that you did. Um, as I do want to ask you, though, um, you know, the documentary films, uh, you know, I feel like uh, in some sense they are continuing education for adults, uh, so therefore, they're so important in the world. Um, you know, you could have chose to go for the big bucks and, you know, go for the feature films, you know, like the Steven Spielberg or something, but instead you went for the documentaries where there isn't always a lot of money. And I, I wonder, you know, how did you start and why? You know, um, you know was this uh, totally altruistic? I mean, what, what was behind your choice to go the documentary route? So... It wasn't a choice. <laughs> Basically, it was put in my mind for, by some invisible force. Uh, I went for the big box, by the way. We all go for the big box. We all dream to have a bit more of a comfortable life. And as long as uh, our greed is not uh, driving us crazy, there is nothing wrong about to want a little more in, out of your life and more comfort. So, so I went for the big box. I wanted to be Spielberg and James Cameron. But, and, and I still believe I I could be that or I'm that. The problem is that one day I was driving down to L.A. going to pitch another wannabe James Cameron of Spielberg movie. And at the same time, there was an inner voice that was like early 2007 or eight, something like this. And my first, born, uh, my first son was born. And, and I was thinking, okay, all these commercial movies that you're doing, all these things you're trying to reach to, it's, it's kind of crap, you know. You're better than that as a human being. It seems like you have an inner voice that wants to, to speak up. And, and I thought, well, as a filmmaker, documentary are, are my political platform. And when I use the word politic, immediately I explain that, you know, politic comes from politis, which means for the people. So what you see right now in the world is not politics made by politicians. It's gangsterism made by crooks. So we don't have any politicians right now. I don't see anybody working for the people. They all work for themselves and their bank account and their rich friends. It's, it's ugly. But anyway, to go back to how it happened. So I was driving down and, and, and I'm boiling within and I'm like, okay, you need to do a documentary to, to, to speak up about your, 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 your vision, your thoughts about humanity, that, that, that we are good people for the most part. We, we can do it. We can thrive. We, we can move forward. And, and I'm figuring out, okay, so what subject matter? You know, is it going to be about a, a person? Uh, what, what am I going to talk about? You know? and, and suddenly I looked up and I was very frustrated with myself and I swore at the universe. I said the four letter to the universe. You know? and, and immediately I got it. It was like a download. I'm like, that's it. That, that's your problem, Emmanuel. A, you don't understand the universe. You, you don't understand the notion of God, whatever that is, existence. How does that work? 
you know, because I'm somebody that's always been afraid by religion because of what I thought religion was doing to the world, which was to enslave the mind. Or at least that was my, my appreciation or disappreciation of religion. So I thought, oh my God, that's going to be my, my first subject, God and religion. You know, let's start with a small subject, right? <laughs> insane. But I'm, I'm, a little, I'm, I'm borderline insane. And as long as I know that I'm insane, I guess I'm not totally crazy yet. So, so that's it. That, 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 that was kind of sent to me, you know, for the better world, uh, uh, better choice of world. You know, I, it's funny because after exploring the human soul, the human mind, the, the, the universe, I don't have real answers, nor do I think people have any answers. So that's the beauty of it is we are all seekers and, and, and trying to figure out how, do, how does it work? How does the mind works, the universe, the visible, the invisible, all this micromolecule, is, is that God? Is there such a God? And what does that mean anyway? Is it a goddess? Why, why would it be a God more than a goddess or vice versa? You know, what, what creates existence? So that, that's how it started. And, and, and then everything followed in a very organic way. Because when I did the invocation, which is an exploration of the notion of God, dash goddesses around the world through science, um, through spirituality, religion, I discovered that really a lot of the root of our problems is that disbalance between the feminine and the masculine. And therefore, femme, women healing the world, was born from, from studying the notion of oneness, God, goddesses. Uh, I discovered that really the main problem is still today this unbalance between the feminine and masculine, whether it's, it's in a physical form, and we see it because in all areas of power it's still a very macho male-dominated world, uh, or even in, within the mind, especially the male mind. There is a confusion that, as you said, that men are supposed to be killers, are supposed to be dominant and uh, alpha male. That's untrue, you know. In the belly of our mothers, we're all feminine and masculine, for a period of up to three months, there is no differentiation. So it's, we are a it, basically. So it's all these energies tangling, entangled, intertwined. And then there is somewhat a separation, which is obviously physical, not necessarily in terms of mind and soul. So I think we have to always seek to go back to that balance, to that origin of what we were, a it full of feminine and masculine in complete harmony, in complete complementarity. And by the way, these energies are what create life. So why don't you see it? You know, well, you don't see it because you are not properly educated. You are, you know, sadly manipulated by system of thought, religion, political uh, culture that tells you that's where you belong, stay there. You are what I'm telling you, you are, you are nothing else. No, you are everything and nothing at the same time. That's the beauty of life. We are it and we are we are all geniuses and we are all idiots at the same time. There's, it's a complementarity <laughs> of the sane and insane. That's life for you. Chaos and, yeah. and, and, and peace, you know, all the time. And we see it in the world, you know. And so why fight? Embrace it and, and try to figure it out. And, and, and you're not alone. That's the thing. You know, I've, I see too many and I met too many 
gurus and supposedly amazing, you know, uh, teachers, and, and it, they put the guilt on you. you. You are the poem. You have to change yourself. You have to evolve. No, I said we are. We are the problem, but we are also the solution. And the solution is when you change the subject from I to we. And the reason is because the we include the I and not the vice versa. It's not about me, myself, and I. It's about me, myself, and we. We. Let's change the subject and, and realize we are a beautiful one humanity, not in, com in competition with each other, but all potential partners, co-creators. So let's do it. Let's wake right. up and let's work. Well, you know, I, I think one of the I, – I, I appreciate all you said there. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you've transformed yourself over, you know, this, this last decade uh, as you've uh, filmed these documentaries. And, um, you know, and, and I guess for you it was a really deep dive because not only did you do the interviews, but, of course, you had to be involved in the editing. And in a sense, you know, you were sort of indoctrinated in all of this wisdom. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you kind of came out smart enough to know that um, – uh, we're much better off being seekers knowing that we don't really understand it all and we don't have all the answers. I think that puts us in such a better place than thinking we uh, have all the answers, like uh, religion, um, you know, that gives us a certainty. Uh, but, you know, I think, um, I, I mean, I wonder, Emmanuel, if you if you ran into anybody, any of these wisdom um, teachers that, uh, you know, that said anything about, um, you know, our humanity feels uncomfortable with uncertainty. Um, do you think maybe that's why so many people would rather be uh, stuck in a religion that uh, thinks it has all the answers rather than being comfortable being a seeker? Do you think that's part of the um, you know, why some seek indoctrination uh, in religion as opposed to, you know, being comfortable with the uncertainties in, in, in seeking? Well, you, you, you said it. I mean, I think the, the, the big problem is we, we all seek a home, you know, the notion of home. And our first home is the belly of our mother, right? So when we escape that home, there is a big chaos happening, you know, we, we, and that's why we cry usually. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's basically we are abandoned in, in that, that crazy chaos-like universe. Suddenly we, we are on our own. We, we have no more home. So I think unconsciously, unconsciously, it's always a wish to find a home. That's probably why we get married and we have kids to recreate that, that home. So I think, you know, some people, uh, more than others, need to, to be home. And, and religion can give you that illusion of home. Politics, you know, basically uh, finding your tribe, finding your home. Um, for some reason, for some reason, and again, I think because I'm the result of such a open-minded um, education, but also physically open-minded because even though I've got this thick French accent, I grew up partly in New Caledonia, uh, near Australia, because my dad was a doctor in, in the French Navy. So at a very early age, um, my home became 
really something that I call uh, the world, you know, uh, that is the world. So I, I unconsciously, I've, I think I was definitely at an early age put in a situation where maybe I realize home is the world. I'm a citizen of the world. Uh, home is not necessarily France. It's not necessarily the house with my parents. It's, it's that tribe of kids that uh, I was spending weekend while my dad was uh, healing, you know, the indigenous uh, uh, tribe that we were visiting. Um, so I think in my case, uh, it's, it's, it's always been the realization that wherever and wherever I'm with, I'm home. You know, and, 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 and I saw it when I was filming these documentaries, whether I was with Desmond Tutu in Cape Town in South Africa, I felt at home. Or going to see the Dalai Lama in Dharamshala, I felt at home. Or, or seeing Karen Tate in, uh, in, in Venice Beach, I was at home. So I'm always home. So I'm, I've been lucky. I, that's probably why I, I, I could explain that I never had a, a, a sense, an, an urgency to, to settle into a specific religion or political party or, or race, <laughs> family. You know, it's like I'm, I'm happy everywhere. You know, you bring me to a temple right, and I'm right. happy. Bring me to a mosque, I'm happy. Bring me to a beach where people are are chanting and I'm happy. I I don't have a ritual. I don't, I, I feel good with everybody. You know, it's and I see again right, only right. bridges of communication of complementarity. So, but I understand. I understand why some people need that 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 box they, because it's the illusion of feeling home. So. They need to be super Catholic or super Hasidic or super Muslim or super Buddhist. Or what. Fine. You know, as long as, again, you realize, okay, you chose that home, but maybe it's not the big home. It's just a little, it's like a one bedroom in the big uh, multi-bedrooms uh, planet, okay? And I think people don't see that. They don't see beyond their one bedroom they are happily living in, and they think that one bedroom is the world. No. The world right. is made of many bedrooms, of many boxes, and there is no reason why we couldn't articulate a relationship between all these boxes and therefore realize that, again, the boxes are a, a, a construction of your mind. You know, and I always say, you know, the, the ultimate revolution of the 21st century would be the revolution of the mind when we, we let the boxes explode, open, you know, and realize, okay, yeah. I, I am this white, uh, French, uh, spiritual dude, but I'm much more than that, and really I'm one with everybody else. And by the way, that's what quantum physics shows us, that we are just a huge ensemble of molecules all intertwined with each other. So we all dance with each other all the time. We just don't see it because we, our senses and our eyes uh, are very limited. Our body is a machine that has a lot of limitation. We cannot fly, but maybe yeah. we could. You know, we cannot uh, communicate by the mind, but maybe we could. We are so limited or, or we limit ourselves. That's even worse because, again, of the education with the box we were put in. Once we are thinking truly, right. as I say, outside the box, maybe there is no more limitation for this amazing energy trap in this limited body, you know, this this machine for, yeah. again. Well you, well, you, well, you know, Emmanuel, I, uh, 
uh, you know, a couple a couple thoughts come to mind, you know, listening to you. First of all, you know, and maybe some of this is obvious, but um, I don't know. I guess I kind of feel like it's worth repeating, especially considering, you know, the political climate out there right now, you know, and how divided we are. But I think some people, you know, get, uh, you know, they're in that box really out of fear, you know, uh, because it's, it's um, you know, they need the certainty. And, you know, maybe they're, you know, they're fearful because of the trauma that they've had in life. Um, you know, I, it, it, it turns out most of us um, first uh, experience trauma in the womb, and we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And that ends up shaping who we are. Uh, later on in life Um, and I I think when we start to understand abuse and trauma I think we'll start to better understand why uh, people are the way they are you know we we just think well they're ignorant or they're bigots or uh, they're a narcissist but there's you know it, it goes deeper uh, it, it goes deeper than that. And I think Americans are at a disadvantage, too, because uh, simply by the landscape of the planet, you know, we're isolated from so many, uh, you know, so many other cultures with the two oceans on either side of us. Uh, I mean, so many, I mean, I, the last time I looked, I think only 15% of Americans even had a passport. So they have such a small little world, and I think that also works against maybe uh, the average American. They don't get that sense of being a citizen of the world, you know. Uh, They're just a citizen of Louisiana or a citizen of maybe the United States, you you know what I mean? Um, And and I think that that small world view uh, is also a problem, which... Uh, you grew up just the opposite, and you also grew up in Europe, uh, at least part of your life. I would imagine that gave you a more expansive view, too, of different cultures, didn't it? Absolutely. You're right. You're absolutely right. I think it's uh, – and, again, it comes from the leadership um, maintaining you into that small box, which could be just the United States. Look at uh, our current uh, supposedly leader – <laughs> who keeps repeating America first, America first, as as if there is only America in the world. No, America is part of the beautiful puzzle of the world. It's it's humanity first. It's the world first. It's not about one country first or one group of people or one state or one race or one religion. It's uh, it's one humanity. I would say it's one people, one planet, one universe. It's all connected into oneness. It's, it's not BS saying oneness does exist. It does. It is. So I agree. It's, it's about education. It's about leadership. It's about opening the, the mind and making re, the mind realize it's home everywhere and with everybody and not only in your own city or state. That's beautiful. But it's more than that. You are more than that. You are more than what people tell you you are. But again, people love right. to keep you in that box and 
Until we do that, as you said, it leads to abuse and trauma. Look at, again, that supposedly leader that we have right now in the U.S. is, is a traumatized and abused child, and everybody knows it. He's been traumatized and abused by his education, by an abusive and dominating father. So he cannot be anything but who he is. I, I, I have a lot of compassion for Trump, a lot of love. You know, I, I see the broken little soul within. You know, it's sad. And I wish uh, so much that it will heal, that, that this little boy will heal. But he's got, you know, an entourage of broken soul as well. So it's a perpetration. They can, they can get out. It's a vicious circle. They are all locked. Right, you know? and, right. Uh, and so, you know, they, like like the, the fourth movie I did was called The Cure, Healing the Mind, Healing the Body, Healing the Planet. And so we have a leader whose mind is not healed, therefore his body is not healed, and the environment is not healed. So how can he do anything else but what he's doing? I get it. Right. Do I want to keep that going? Obviously, no. That's suicidal. <laughs> so we need we need to move forward and 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 find some uh, people that are a bit more healed in their mind and body and planet. Uh, so it takes work. It takes work. Yeah. It takes, as you say, it takes about admitting the the problem, admitting the trauma, the abuse, and and dealing with it and healing it and transforming it because it is what it's about. It's about transformation. We are in an age of transformation and if we don't do the transformation we're going to perish we're going to perish somebody's going to yeah. push the wrong button and that will be it or trigger the the wrong uh, tool mass destruction weapon and, and that will be it we'll be gone in an instant Emmanuel let us we're going to take a break uh, we're at the half hour and I have a little bit of housekeeping to do but when we get back I want to talk about the different films um, you know, maybe just sort of a brief synopsis of, of each one, um, especially your latest, uh, Guns, Bombs, and War, a love story. But I also want to ask you, uh, you said at the very top of the show, uh, the good people are lacking synergy to sort of bring it all together. Um, I want to talk more about that um, to see if maybe any of these wisdom keepers you've spoken to uh, over the years um, has an uh, antidote for that. Uh, but but uh, we're going to take a break here uh, and, uh, you know, for just a minute, and, and we'll come back to that. Um, so for those listeners out there, for those of you who feel called, maybe by the fairy faith, uh, listen close because this will be about Joe Carson's book, uh, Celebrate Wildness. Celebrate Wildness has practical instructions on how to make your own fairy ring henge, how to magically restore any place to its original wild harmony, how to feel the shapes of the earth as if they really are part of your own body, and even how to initiate yourself into the fairy fairy path from early Ferraferia member, John Beggs. What a beautiful, inspired, and inspiring book this is. The text is a delight, augmenting, interpreting, and celebrating the drawings that the singer sometimes adds another dimension of understanding to a musical composition. It has the glow, glory, and joy of a masterpiece. Celebrate Wildness is an oversized, hardbound book on heavy paper. It is written by filmmaker Joe Carson, who made the film Dancing with Gaia. You can get it for $45 from the Ferraferia website 
at feriferia.org. That's F-E-R-A-F-E-R-I-A dot org. So just to clarify, Joe Carson's magical book, Celebrate Wildness, is available only at org. That's spelled F-E-R-A-F-E-R-I-A.org. And if that sounds uh, new to you, um, maybe there's good reason, because Feriferia is actually a contemporary um, con- uh, uh, spiritual t- tradition as opposed to something that originated in ancient Greece or Egypt or Scandinavia uh, and reconstructed today. Uh, that's not the case with Feriferia. It actually came about, um, I think, uh, if I recall what Joe Carson said back in the 60s. Uh, and to know more about Feriferia, actually, uh, I refer you to the interview I did with Joe Carson on September 12th. Uh, so go back in the archives and lots of in- interesting information there on Feriferia. Uh, and before I get back to uh, Emmanuel, uh, I also have a word uh, for you from uh, Laura Perry, probably one of the uh, most eminent scholars and uh, practitioners of the Minoan tradition practiced today. The Minoans of ancient Crete, an egalitarian society where women were honored, where the sacred feminine was revered, where peace and prosperity reigned for centuries. Hi, I'm Laura Perry, and I'd love to help bring the ancient Minoans to life for you. Explore Minoan spirituality with my books, Labyrinth and Horns and Ariadne's Thread. Embrace your creative side with the Minoan coloring book and discover the wonders of divination with the Minoan tarot. You'll find all these at Amazon and other good online and local bookstores. Find out more on my website, lauraperryauthor.com. Okay, um, well, that, uh, that uh, takes care of our uh, housekeeping. And uh, if you're tuning in late, uh, just uh, to recap a bit, uh, my guest today is Emmanuel Etier, uh, filmmaker extraordinaire, and uh, we're talking about his Oneness Collection, which is a series of documentaries for an awakened humanity. Um, so, Emmanuel, um, getting back to where we left off, um, I'm wondering, uh, you, you said at the top of the show uh, that the good people out there, uh, you know, the two-thirds of us, we just have not managed to um, uh, achieve a synergy. Um, and in all the wisdom keepers you spoke to, um, have there been any uh, antidotes to that? Uh, you know, how do we achieve uh, that synergy to pull together and overcome the, you know, the people who haven't caught up yet? Um, you know, toward this place that we want to go to evolve? Yes. Um, well, a name come, comes to my mind, and her name, it's her name, actually. It's Miriam Williamson. 
Marianne, as you know, is an amazing writer, healer, but she also, uh, for a short time, but hopefully effective time, she chose to uh, run to try to be the Democratic candidate for this year's election. Um, and I know her very well. She's in my last movie, Guns, Bombs, and War, Love Story, but she's also in Femme. Um, and um, I think that she she didn't say it, but, you know, there is... We always say, you know, uh, talk is cheap, you know, and, and talk is not sufficient. You have to live by your action. And I think our action shows us what we have to do. And what we have to do is run for office. And when I say these three words, it doesn't mean that you have to do like Marianne and run to try to be president of the United States. Or like me, because I'm sure you're aware of that, I'm trying to run for president of France in 2022. So that's the ultimate run for office. But run for office means that you need to get involved and you need to lead, whether it's at your school, whether it's at your church, your chess game, your book club. You, we have to become the leader of each other. And I think that's how we, we, we unite. And we see it again in this election. It's amazing to me that, I mean, it's clear what needs to be done on November 3rd, but I still have friends who are going to vote independent. And I tell them, what, do you, what does that mean? So that means you don't want Biden and Harris to be elected? Basically, by voting independent, you're giving your vote to Trump. So we see that there is no leader still. I mean, you know, so we need people to unite beyond this illusion of separation and this illusion of competition, you know. It's not because Sanders is not uh, on the ballot that you should vote independent or, or, or blank, you know. It's like it's common sense. So common sense is to unite behind you know, the best leaders we can have and, and, and follow him or her, in this case, him and her. Um, so it's about that. It's about running for office and it's about being the leaders we secretly wish we could be. You know, don't, don't wish anymore. Don't pray anymore. Don't meditate. Put your thoughts into action. This is the time of action right now. You know, it's about I think, therefore I am, therefore I do. So... Be it and do it. I like that. I like that. So, so let me ask you. Uh, seriously, I, I, I caught that. You know, you kind of threw that in real quickly. You're really uh, running for president in France uh, in 2022. Absolutely. You know, if Marion can do it here, I can at least attempt to do it. So I form a, a political spiritual movement, and again, political from politics for for the people, so it's, it's an agenda for the people, all the people, I'm neither a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent, I'm all of that, <laughs> the sum of all of it, I, I embrace the best of it, uh, and uh, spiritual, because spiritual comes from spirit, uh, spiritus, which is the breath, so I want to breath a new vision, uh, and a new vision for France, because I'm French, so, and I, for some reason, I, I'm that idiot who never took my American passport, so I'm still French, you know, I'm, I'm still 
ridiculous more than ever <laughs> foreigner in, in America, which is ironic because actually I really don't see myself neither as French or American. I see myself as a citizen of planet. That's probably why I never took my, yeah. my American passport. But uh, but now that I'm running for, that I'm trying to run for president because it's in step. So first you have to think it. And that's something I've, I've been thinking about for a long time since age 15. So it's not something that, you know, I woke up and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be president. I'm 53 and I'm going to be president. No, it was really a thought that, that really was nurtured and matured in, within myself. And then really when I did for the last decade all these humanitarian documentaries, that's when I realized, oh, okay, there is another way to do politics. Well, there is actually only one way to do it if you go back to the meaning of the word, you know, politics, for the people, even economic, you know, economic, nobody knows that it comes from economia, which means the management of the resources. And really, do, do we see anybody doing that right now? No, again, it's gangsters. I mean, look, it's insane to me that we have one common enemy on this planet right now, and it's called COVID-19. <laughs> and we have all these gangsters racing to be the first one to find a vaccine and sell it to each other. How monstrous is that? I mean, this is pure yeah. insanity. And nobody, nobody is calling on them, saying, you gangsters, you're making money out of our death. This is ugly. That's the ultimate time yeah. where we realize we have no politician. We have no leader. These are crooks. These are crooks making money out of our death. This is insane. Actually, yesterday, I take that back. Yesterday, I saw that at the UN, the Prime Minister of Australia finally said, okay, whoever finds the vaccine first, you better give it to everybody. So that's it. This politician needs to right. wake up and say, this is enough. You know, we've been, the world has been closed for nine months. This is insane. The world is bankrupt. Trillions of dollars wasted. People going mental, some committing suicide, bankruptcy, and all of that because of greed and stupidity. Greed and stupidity. Well, yeah. No other reason. No other reason. Sure, there's yes. a problem, yes. but it's a, it's a, it's not a bigger problem than Alzheimer or cancer or AIDS. It's just one more. One more that you deal with, right. with calm, with sure being prudent, sure, you know, educating people, but not creating, as you said, fear. We don't need one more fear. We are already scared of our own shadow, and now you're, you're scaring us with our own mind, our, our own family, our own friends. This is ugly. So that's why I ran for president, yeah. because I'm, I, 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 I want to unite people. I want to unite this world, but in a true spiritual new breath, new energy, one energy, you know, not saying France <laughs> first or America first. No, we yeah. first, we the people. Yeah. We can heal each And we, as I always say, in oneness, we will heal the world, but we have to become oneness. We have to become one. And that doesn't mean it's not like a, a guru BS. It's, it's really about articulating this relationship, which is, by the, by the way, the su ultimate subject of my new movie, because when people say, well, what is it about? Guns, bombs, and war, a love story. I'm confused. Well, you know, I chose guns, bombs, and war because obviously we are still at war with each other, mentally, physically, with COVID, with everything. So we are a planet at war. 
but a love story because ultimately we can become that love story and not that hate story, that killing story. We can, and the way we do it is by reestablishing relationships, lowering the mask, lifting up the veil, and realizing, sure, we have to be prudent. Sure, we have to negotiate, articulate, uh, use any argument possible to make it safe for everybody and find a, a, a healthy compromise. But, but that we have to do that, and we are not doing that right now. We are imposing politics. We are imposing religion. We are imposing health measures. We are imposing it without really making sense of it at all. And, and, and we are, again, running out of fear and running out of hate and, and division. So, again, let's, you know, let's stop, let's breathe in, breathe out, calm, find <laughs> inner peace, and reestablish a yeah. dialogue and rebuild a world. That's why I'm running for president. Oh, Frank. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> well, and I and I have to say, Roy, you remember Roy, my husband. He's been of saying course. for years he wants to he wants to move to France. So now I think I'm going to tell him when you win, you'll put me on your cabinet, and we'll be able to actually move to France. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, call me in two years, and uh, be glad to give you a permanent uh, visa or whatever. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. So so let me let me ask you, Emmanuel. Um, tell us. Uh, briefly, um, you know, because I know you have a number of them, tell us briefly uh, the titles of these films that, you know, these documentaries you've made that's part of this oneness collection with maybe um, a sentence or two description mm -hmm. of what they're about. But most importantly, how do, how do people find them to watch them? Absolutely. So the collection is called the Oneness Collection, and I think now you understand my vision of oneness and what it means. So to make it work, oneness, I created five movies, like the five fingers of your hand. Uh, these are the five pillars of uh, my philosophical vision. Uh, the first one is called The Invocation. It's an exploration of the notion of God around the world through uh, science, spirituality, and religion. The second one is called FEM, Women Healing the World. And it's exactly what it says. It's about exploring the world and the power of the, the feminine force, but not dominating, but being in harmony and complementarity with the masculine force. So it's a, it's a beautiful movie that especially women should watch so they can feel more in power to run for office. But men should watch so they don't feel the burden of being the killer they are taught they should be. <laughs> so, so I can lift up the, the, the burden of the male condition. The third movie is called, <coughs> sorry, it's called The Cure, Healing the Mind, Healing the Body, Healing the Planet. And it's all about healing. Uh, of the mind, of the body, and the planet through exploring uh, nutrition, health, environment. It's a, it's a fantastic movie because it's really a movie that helps you hopefully move beyond the trauma, the abuse, uh, the, the mind sickness, but the unhealthy body, uh, the unhealthy nutrition sometimes we are the, the victims of. Um, the fourth movie is called uh, We the People, a re-evolution of economics and politics. And as I explained a little bit earlier, it's about rediscovering uh, and reconciling ourselves with these notions, 
What does it mean, economic? Economia, the management of the resources. Politic, politics for the people. So it's about really discovering this amazing tool that can build worlds, that can rebuild our world, economics and politics, because these are the two engines of the material world. And then the fifth one is really the ultimate peace movie, to my mind. It's called Guns, Bombs, and War, a love story. And it's about, again, going beyond... <coughs> Sorry, going beyond the debate of guns. You know, people always ask me, "Are you pro-gun or against gun?" I'm like, I'm like, well, both. You know, are you pro-Israel or pro-Palestine? Both. Are you pro-abortion or against abortion? Well, both. And then, well, what do you mean both? I don't understand. I'm like, no, I, I'm for freedom of expression and freedom of being, but it doesn't mean that it's chaos, that it's anarchy. Sure, we need some guidance. Sure, we need some protection regulation, but it's about being sane with that, because if not, you, you can very easily fall into fascism. So you have to be very careful. So, yeah, okay, you want to have a gun? Okay, but what are you going to do with that gun? And do you know what a gun is made for? Yeah, so it's about education. It's about knowing the tools that are given to you and their, their limitation, because obviously misused becomes abuse. Um, so it's really about that, and it's really about reestablishing the relationship within and without, and realizing at the end these are tools, you know, and some of them destroy and some of them build life. So we have to be prudent, we have to be careful, uh, and as long as it's uh, an act of love, okay, well, let's figure it out, let's talk about it. We don't need to be so sided and so divided and so partisan. You right. Know? Uh, that's why it never shows a, a, a political ideology or a religion or a race. I'm all of it. I, I embrace it all. I see beauty in, in, in everything, and, uh, and I see a little bit of ugliness. Like I say, there is a little bit of ugliness on planet Earth, but planet Earth is beautiful for the vast majority. So focus on that beauty, and that's going to bring some inner light and hopefully enough inner strength, enough inner trust. And by the way, trust in Latin is fidere. And guess what? Fidere became faith. The word faith mm. comes from fidere, which means to trust. And that's why in, in, on the bank bill you've got in God we trust. That's the ultimate faith. The ultimate faith is in oneness. That's the ultimate trust. So we need to become more than ever trustful human being with each other. We need to find this faith, this force, this strength to rebuild the world, rebuild that oneness that was one, the oneness we, we knew when we were in the baby of our mother. It's doable, but it's going to take work, and it's going to take leadership. Let me interrupt you, Emmanuel. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the challenges uh, that you've met. Um, I forget the documentary guy's first name. Uh, I know his last name is Burns. Uh, you know, he's had a lot of success um, getting uh, publicity and exposure. Yeah, mm -hmm. Ken Burns. Um, he seemed, to me, he seems like about the only documentary guy who's really 
broken through and gets on primetime television and everything. And I remember when you did Sam, uh, the difficulty you were having with these male gatekeepers who uh, didn't seem interested in the film, uh, you know. And, and I see, look, even Marianne Williamson, you know, how she was mocked, you know, when she ran for president. It's almost as if these ideas that will bring us to a more evolved place, um, the gatekeepers are mocking these ideas. Um, so speak, if you would, a little bit to the challenges that you've met trying to bring these, these sorts of films with these sorts of messages to the greater public. Yeah, well, the ultimate challenge is distribution, and that was part of your question, now I remember, and I didn't address that. So um, you can find some of my movies, most of them except the last one because I just completed it, but you find them on iTunes, on Amazon. You just Google my name, Emmanuel Itier, I-T-I-R, and if you don't find them, uh, contact me. You will get to my site, to my email, Facebook page, and so on. So it's it's a little bit everywhere on the on the platforms, except the big ones, as you said, you know, very few uh, documentary directors such as uh, Ken Burns, but also Michael Moore, Guggenheimer, I mean, you have a few, but really just a handful <coughs> who get a distribution with an HBO, a Netflix, an Amazon. Um, the reason is, is it's a dual reason. Uh, first, you're right, the gatekeepers today are not educated enough. You know, I, tell, I keep telling Netflix, you know, sure, my, my, my documentaries are very intellectually loaded and mind-challenging, but you have an audience out there. You, you just don't see it, and at the same time, you should see it, because when you visit, and you should visit uh, uh, conventions such as uh, LA Life Expo or the spiritual convention, you realize that, you know, uh, the Karen and Tate and Emmanuel uh, E.T. of the world, we are many, we are legion, so we are, we are potential customers. So why not have a, a, a section, a genre that is about, you know, um, mind and lifestyle or something like that, something accessible, and people discover these out-of-the-box filmmakers like myself. But that's a challenge, to educate the gatekeeper try to really become their friend because it's about friendship, it's about relationship, it's about politics in that sense. So, uh, and, and it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, I made some progresses, but I'm still a poor guy. I haven't made a box for my movies, actually even worse. My two first movies put me in bankruptcy six years ago. You know, I had to declare bankruptcy because I had over half a million dollars of debt because it cost money to make these movies. Each movie cost between 250 and $500,000, you know, that I raised with my own money working on the side as a journalist, as you said, a consultant for distributor. And uh, so I put a lot of my own money and, and then I raised equity money from people putting any were from hundred dollar to hundred thousand, uh, but yeah, so far because we haven't had efficient uh, distribution to monetize this title, we have lost a lot of money. Probably by now, I don't know, a couple of million of dollars. Uh, but I don't mind because again, money is just a tool. It's just a mean, and and the beautiful end is achieved. I completed the collection. I ultimately reveal myself uh, to be this political leader that I really truly believe I am. So now I know in what direction I'm going next. I'm done with documentary filmmaking. 
I will be the next president of France, and that's the motivation, and that's the goal. But, yeah, it's a challenge in terms of going back to the initial question of, of distribution. That's the ultimate challenge. And uh, I believe in the get peepers and get keepers. I, I love them, you know, and I understand where they come from. Again, they were educated to think in terms of pure greed and, uh, and not totally necessarily understanding their market, thinking the marketplace uh, just wants to watch a movie on a guy making sushi or some penguins uh, walking on the, on the North Pole. Sure, they, they, again, there is a wide range of documentaries. Why limit yourself? Especially when you're a platform. Like, uh, well, Netflix has made some progresses. Like last night I watched an amazing documentary they finance called the social dilemma and I really highly recommend it and it shows to me that okay I think they are going into the right direction where they still have the you know I was going to call them porno documentary because they are so exhibitionist and, and wireist uh, but now they've got a little bit more intellectual and spiritual documentary so so it's getting there yeah you know? it's, just, it's just that I well, was a little bit ahead of my time so that's it. Well, yeah, and, and you know, and somebody's got to be ahead of their time, otherwise sure. there's no path being blazed. But, exactly. you know, I had an interesting conver- conversation with an NBC showrunner when I wow. was trying to promote my Goddess series, uh, mm-hmm. and he actually said to me that the networks are afraid of the religious right. Uh, he <laughs> said they have to cater to them and men that are 18 to 30 years old, and that's who they aim their programming for, uh, for the most part. And um, I have to say that really kind of saddened me for, for some time, but um, I believe it's true if you look at what's on television. I mean, History Channel and National Geographic used to have worthwhile educational things on the, those channels, uh, but, but not for a long time, you know. So, wow. um, so last... Last question for you, Emmanuel. Um, you know, you started out doing this a decade ago. Uh, do you feel like humanity has evolved much in that decade? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, even so, again, sadly, media's uh, the current supposed leaders are focusing on division and, and exposing ugliness. I don't believe an instinct. This is, this is pure toxic toxic manipulation of our mind. I really think we have evolved. There are more and more people like you and I having this type of conversation every day, uh, whether it's, it's a blog, it's a TV show, it's documentaries. We are many, 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 many more souls than we were. So I think because of that, of these many, many more souls, I think we are lifting up and, and, and definitely awakening humanity. Now what we need is, is a better, again, structure and a more united synergy between us. So there is a sense of leadership and, uh, and a direction to move forward into. Um, so that's, that's why I ran for president too, because I want to show the example of somebody who is consciously driven and do a much better job than somebody who is not, somebody who only thinks about his own country and his own pocket, you know, his own uh, checkbook. So I think, well, we will get there, but uh, it's going to take probably, you know, maybe another decade. And, and, and again, it's, the choice is ours. It's either you sit and do nothing or you get, 
you become part of it. You become part of what I call the re-evolution, you know. So don't wait to be saved, you know, become the savior. Right. You know, well, well, you know, I realize I do have, I do have, I do have one last question for you. <laughs> um, I remember when you were when you were interviewing me for Sam, you asked me um, uh, if I had any thoughts on uh, if we should move to a one sort of global government, and I didn't have an answer for you at the time because I wasn't really going down that path uh, intellectually yet. And I, I wonder what you think about that, actually. Do you think that's a good thing, or does it really just matter who would be the one in charge of that global government? Because obviously if you had somebody like Putin or Trump, we'd be in trouble, but maybe if we had some humanitarians and intellectuals and some genuinely spiritual people at the helm, um, then we could maybe uh, have a peaceful planet. I don't know, just, just your thoughts. Well, my thought is that now I get it. Look, uh, we have all the tools. We have the UN. We have G8 and G7 and G blah, blah, blah. So all the, you know, this, this government, there is a world government already existing. The problem is they are not working together. Again, as I was saying for the vaccine, uh, everybody is working uh, on their own instead of working together. One voice, one fight, you know, one army finding the, the cure. Uh, so that's the, 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 the paradox. The paradox is uh, the structure is here, but it's run by madmen. And it's really, I, when I say madmen, sadly it's true. Look at the, I don't know, 90% of these supposed leaders are men. This is terrible. So, A, we need a balance of male and female running the world. And, uh, and that's it. We need to replace these babies, you know, these, these gorillas who are just showing each other's uh, uh, little organ in between their legs, you know, and I'm trying to stay polite. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's what <laughs> needs to you. happen. You, you need more Emmanuel Ittier and Miriam Williamson to run for office, and, and, and especially we need to get elected. So you can see that the, at the next UN, it's not going to be uh, gridlock. By, by the way, the UN, UN is a joke. Why is it a joke? Because you only have five countries who has the ultimate say. This is not normal. What do you call it the UN if it's not the UN, if it's five countries deciding of the fate of the world? That makes no sense, right? Right. So right. trust me, Absolutely. if I'm elected, if I'm elected, I'm going to spank everybody's butt, and maybe somebody will shoot me because of that, but I don't give a damn, because then I will uh, spank the universe. So that's how crazy I am. You know, I, 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 I will <laughs> definitely... I will definitely tell uh, whoever is president of the U.S. and I tell Putin and, and uh, Xi Jinping because they would be sadly still there. I say, enough BS, guys. This is it. You know, it's not about uh, a war of tariff, a war of blah, blah, blah. It's, it's one people, one planet, okay? So you want to make more money? You, guess what? The only way you make more money is by protecting your people. And your people are my people and vice versa. So you want to make more money. Your life is all about making money. Well, let me show you how we make money. The way we make money is we protect people. We make them rich. 
not only in their mind, but in their pocketbook. And so you protect them, you liberate them, you don't oppress them, you don't divide them. I mean, that idea that uh, to rule you have to divide, to, to prepare uh, for peace you have to prepare for war. But these are BS, these are thoughts from archaic baboons again. Really? I mean, come on. <laughs> look at, look at well, how Emmanuel, mentally you, raped you are. You got my vote. You, you have you. my vote. I wish I, I, I wish I could. I wish I could vote in, in the uh, you French vote? election. You're voting right now by supporting <laughs> me. That's all I need. I need that spiritual force and strength, knowing that I'm doing the right thing. That's that's. I need more than that. That more than the, the physical vote or, or the or the donation. You know, that I need that that world of uh, spirit, the spiritual support. That's what you need more than a, more than there anything you go. else. Well, Emmanuel, I want to thank you for the conversation today, and I want to thank you for your decade of dedication uh, to these films. Um, one last time, uh, I will mention the latest film, and I'm sure if you find that one, it will lead to the others. Uh, the latest film is Guns, Bombs, and War, A Love Story. Uh, and, of course, I know about Femme, There were Women Healing the World, and I know about Invocation. Those are the three that come to mind uh, to me first off. Um, and just real quickly, Emmanuel, before you go, uh, what are the different platforms they can look to to find these? So um, the, the, fourth, uh, the four first movies... The Invocation Femme with the People and the Cure are all on Amazon Prime, on iTunes, <coughs> and other digital platforms. Where they are not yet is, sadly, Netflix, Hulu, or HBO, but we are working on it. You know, so Sharon Stone, who is one of my producers, is very supportive of his collection. She put me in touch with her agent as CA, so... We are really trying to get bigger and wider distribution. But as you said, the gatekeepers are a little bit asleep. And also, sadly, because of the COVID times, uh, the, the way people consume this product has changed. So, you know, they are not buying as much. So. But I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to sanity, you know, within the next few months. It has to. You know? yeah. But as you said, it starts on so. November 3rd. So please, people, go and vote. That's the ultimate yes. message of today. <laughs> and vote okay. with love. Well, thank love. Act of love. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. You know, vote love, vote respect, and uh, then you know you know who the choice is. Um, thank you, Emmanuel. Uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for your films. Thank you for your, uh, your evolution as a man. And uh, you know what? I am so glad you're running for president. That's just incredible. Um, call me if I can do anything for you. <laughs> thank you so much. I love you, Karen. I love you, Roy, and uh, I hope I see you very soon, sooner or later, whether it's in France or okay. it's in your beautiful area. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Manuel. Take good care. Bless everybody. Bye-bye.
Okay, uh, well, that about does it uh, for today, friends. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. It was fun talking to Emmanuel again. Uh, I will be back with you uh, next Friday, uh, the, the 2nd of October. I'm going to be talking to Marguerite Rigoliozzo. Uh We rescheduled her interview because, um, I don't know if you recall, but uh, on August 12th, a very unusual thing happened. I think it was ISIS magic. Um, it it turned out uh, I was supposed to interview Marguerite, and um, uh, the show turned into a tribute to ISIS instead uh, on her birthday, August 12th. Uh, but if you were looking forward to Marguerite's show, uh, because we were going to be talking about the real Mary, um, you know, uh, aspects of Mary, the mother of Jesus, most people never hear, never learn. Again, the gatekeepers uh, keep so much of this information from uh, the public. Uh, you want to tune in uh, on the second. Uh, I'm glad to have Marguerite coming back because uh, she is a fount of information. I've interviewed her before. Uh, we've talked about parthenogenesis. Uh, we've talked about a lot of different things that she defended in her thesis that uh, are just not things you hear uh, in the mainstream, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, it, uh, certainly not in the mainstream religion. So uh, you're going to want to tune in. Uh, you might want to look back in the archives and put in Voices of the Sacred Feminine, Marguerite Rigoliozzo. And we'll talk a little bit more about that this coming Friday, um, about Marguerite's work in the world. Because I, I think, uh, like Emmanuel said, you know, we all have pieces of the puzzle. Uh, I like to think of it as we are all threads of a tapestry. And you weave us all together and we create this beautiful thing uh, because, um, you know, none of us have all the answers. But together, we all have little pieces of the puzzle. So, uh, again, uh, I will see you October 2nd uh, with Marguerite Rigoliozzo. Then I'll be back uh, to my normal schedule of Wednesdays uh, on the 7th. I have Erica Buenaflor uh, with me. We're going to be talking about her life as a curandera, um, uh, you know, a Mesoamerican contemporary healer, uh, something we haven't talked about. So we, of course, will get into the Aztec and Mayan uh, deities as well, and uh, what it's like to be uh, a priestess in that tradition, what it's like to be a healer in that tradition, uh, that's something we haven't talked about on this show before. So uh, I encourage you to click the follow button on the show page so uh, you get an email reminder in your email inbox of these shows and you don't have to remember to listen. Uh, you will have a link there. Uh, that will take you to the show. Um, and if you have any problems with any of that, let me know. Um, and if uh, for some reason that link doesn't work, uh, just go to Voices of the Sacred Feminine on Blog Talk and uh, uh, it's easy enough to find a show uh, once you're there. You know, just look through the archives. And there's lots of archives there over the years, and they're just as relevant today as they were um, when some of these shows first aired. All right, that about does it. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday and a week ahead. Uh, try not to stress over everything happening out there. Um, you know what? Because it is all going to be okay it will all be okay. I can't tell you why, but I just feel it in my gut. I believe it. Um, so uh, remember, what you uh, focus on thrives. What you neglect withers. 
It's very important, so make sure you're putting your energy in the right place. And um, until I speak to you next Friday, may Isis embrace you in her golden wings. Uh, Bye, folks. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, and um, I'll be with you next week.